In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, change, considering change, or handling change, and what I say, minimizing... Managing arguments? Managing arguments. There it is. I had it written down, but uh, not on this page. Yeah, check this out. We'll be right back. The Q Dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife Jeannie. Jeannie Moran. Say what's up to the peeps around the world. What's up? What's up? That's right. Yeah, check it out. All right, in this episode, we are gonna have an open discussion that I think is very interesting because in the last episode, Jeannie alluded to it. If you're gonna change jobs, etc. And that kind of got into a, a sidebar talk about marriages and, you know, people who lead separate lives. But for this, we're going to talk about it from our point of view, what, how to discuss or how to format your discussions when it comes to deciding if things should change. Before I do that, I just want to thank our sponsors, Jeannie and Quincy Moran and Man Versus Marriage. <laughs> Email me, Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. And if you uh, if you would be so kind, share this this podcast with your friends. And then go do some kind of review. If you listen on Apple, go give us a 55-star rating. If you listen on Spotify, do it there. If you listen on Google, do it there. I think it helps us somehow kind of increase our position in the algorithms. And that's important. Why? It's important because we want to broaden the platform and help more marriages. That is the goal. So with that being said, um, honey, let's talk about change. What kind of change, um, what kind of change are we, you know, when it comes to considering change? Now, I can tell you what we're not talking about. And that's if you uh, are considering changing your spouse. <laughs> That's no, that's no. not what this is about. This is more about um, jobs, homes, moving, schools, um, big things. You know, maybe buying a new house, restructuring your finances. Maybe one of you is currently the bigger breadwinner, and the other one not so much. And maybe we want to switch those roles, or maybe the one making the most wants to come home, and the other one wants to switch jobs. What those are big changes that people talk about, but sometimes they don't really talk about it. They argue about it rather than putting it out on the table and kind of going through what does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you and I experienced some of that heartburn because I was talking to you about Oklahoma and what Oklahoma looked like. Which has taken a complete 360, but, you know. <laughs> I don't think it's a 360. I think it's a 180. Because if you do a 360, you're back in the same direction you were pointed. Mm. A 180 is like you turn the other direction, if I, unless I'm mistaken. I'm not all the way sold, but it does have 
there are more appealing things now as I look at it. It's not a definite. It's not even something that we're saying, yeah, this is going to happen. It's just something that's now on what Quincy and I call our, our dream list of what what's possible. What are we looking at? What, what do we see moving forward? Um, those are the kind of conversations we're talking about because we're not necessarily there. There's a list of things that are actual changes. These are things that we want to do that we're going to do projects, buying a car, you know, um, kids graduating high school, figuring out college, um, schedule changes, routine changes, things like that. But then there's the list that Quincy and I are currently working on and have yet to really revamp, but it's the, if we could, what do we want? What does it look like? Like the cloud list. What, what do these things look like so we can start kind of gearing towards what's possible? Yeah. I mean, and just, you know, with this theme of change and I know you have an episode about seniors and, you know, what Kids, does that not look adults. like? <clears throat> but yeah. maybe adults too. Seniors in high school, et cetera. Someday we'll have to have that discussion about we're at that place in life now where our parents are getting up there in years and we need to start looking towards those things too yeah and i mean we're gonna have save a miracle or two we're gonna have a couple of you know elderly if you will adults living in our home so we don't know what that looks like but with that i mean i think you have to take like jenny said take inventory for where you are look at what's coming if you have kids in grade school then it's likely there's not much you need to prepare for as far as major change goes. If you have a kid that's going from um, like elementary to middle school, you're going to have to change some things. Things are going to change. If you got a kid that's going from you know middle school to high school, there's going to be some change there because the older they get, you know, the more they're starting to kind of embrace who they are and what direction they're going to go with their life. Are they going to go to college or go to work? Um, And then once you get to the point of you have kids that are graduating high school and maybe moving on to careers or college, that's another discussion. And when you get to the last three that are going to graduate high school, then it's like, okay, we're going to be, you know, nearing 50 years old at that time. And we're not going to be operating the same because the the farther you get into that, now the less your day is going to be filled with driving people mm-hmm. to and from everywhere. The less you're going to be responsible um, because now they're going out and taking care of their own responsibilities. You know, and there might be three or four years there where it kind of continues. But then we start to look at, well, what do we want for the next phase of our life? And he's not talking about the kids. He's talking about us, me and Quincy in our life. What does that look like for us? Right. And I mean, we are both very confident that the move to Texas was the right move for us. Um, We believe it's a catalyst for the next phase of our life. Now, whether it continues there or we move, you know, up into Oklahoma uh, because we want to we want to buy some land. We want to get, we want to build like a barn dominium. We want to have a place that our children can come home to. Eventually, if the kids want to live near us, we want to be able to carve out an acre or two of land and say, okay, well, here's our property. If you would like to, here's an acre over here for you. We're not necessarily neighbors, but, you know, we're all in the same property. And 
this is this is what we're seeking to build makes for our future. Makes grandma babysitting a lot closer. True. And makes it very convenient for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, look, we're, we've put in a lot of hard work over the last 22 years. And it's going to continue to happen for the next three or four on behalf of helping to raise our children. Um, but what do we want? What do I want for my career? What does Jeannie want for her career? Uh, what do we want? What life experience do we want for Hunter and Kirsten or who, who are going to be with us? What life experience do we want for her and I? And what does that look like? So we, we know about discussing this change because we've just been through this a year ago and we had a four-year plan. Um, and I don't know where you stand on COVID and how your state or country handled it, but California was really stupid. They were absolutely as stupid as you can get. And you know what? You can be pissed at me for saying that. But when you have a disabled child that can't keep a mask on her face and doctors won't see her in the office when they're vaxxed and masked and double masked and they have a face shield on, etc., but they won't see her because she can't wear a mask and it's nothing she can control, that's gotten to the point of lunacy and stupidity. Because you're supposed to be there to help. And if you have taken this vaccine, you should be safe from a child who is not presenting any symptoms of COVID-19. And it didn't happen. And they, and just the way that it was rolled out, the way that they kept us or tried to keep us you know, at bay in our homes and away from everybody and keep the kids out of school, it was stupid. Who and knew that, homeschool was the right answer all along? Yeah, <laughs> and I think homeschool would have been great if we could have still offered them some of those other experiences of sports. And I'm just saying, they, they all gave us crap when I wanted to homeschool because of various reasons. Not they all. There was a group that gave crap because we homeschooled. And then when COVID hit, all of a sudden, everybody is screaming because if you're going to have to get the vax, I'm not putting my kid in school. We'll just homeschool. And I'm over here going... I, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so that's not necessarily my position on rabbit the pan- trail on the pandemic. It's my position on one of the, the final straws that sped our moving um, from California. We, we had a plan to let the girls finish school, but when it got to the point where doctors wouldn't treat our disabled child, um, we said, okay, this can't happen anymore. And then it got to the point where, you know, some folks didn't want to latch her seatbelt because they didn't want to. They were fighting over who was going to assume liability. It's like we're talking about our teenage child that's disabled, and y'all can't see past this stupid political bureaucracy crap. That's enough. Then you added on the crime that was going on in California, the unpunished crime. Um, and it just it started to mount it's like, look, this is not good. This is not getting better. It's becoming less safe. And now the doctors won't see our kid. So what are we to do? And it's like, okay, fine. It, we've got to move this up ahead of schedule. And look, it was difficult conversations with Jeannie and I. It was difficult conversations with our family. It was difficult conversations with my company. Because I, I tried to, you know, I, I didn't try. I gave them 
like six months notice to say, hey, this is this is what we're going to do. And we didn't plan on it. We actually made the decision in a very small window. We were four years ahead of schedule. But it's something we felt like we had to do. And we had to understand that, hey, what is this going to look like for us? We really, really, really wanted to move to Idaho. But financially, we just couldn't work it out. Mm-mm. And, you know, it. so my brother lived in Texas, and we were just looking where is going to present the most opportunity for us. And it seemed that uh, Texas was the right place. Now, I had, a, I had a perception of what we were moving to. I thought it was going to be more of like the southern way of living. But where we moved to here in Fort Worth is like very much a, a melting pot, which is not a negative. I actually love the melting pot that's here. Mm-hmm. But as far as the southern hospitality side or the manners like you find in, you know, say like deeper in the south, those are in the outlying parts of Texas because the city areas are made up of people moving in from out of state. Yeah, they're moving from one city to another city because they think that that's yeah that's what they're looking for. And it's a whole lot better here. Heck it's yeah. not it's not my expectation, you know, that I had, which was uh, everybody was going to have a southern accent. Every, you know, they're I don't know. It just wasn't exactly what I thought. Now I I work in other parts of Texas where it's like, okay, that's what I expected. <laughs> if you ask if you ask my girls, the place to move is Abilene because that's where the boys are Texan and they're cute and they're you know they're manly men and that's and it's like let's go back to Abilene. It's they like, wear well, blue jeans on purpose, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's two hours away and two hour and a half two and a half hours away. Anyway, you know that. So how did we deal with that? You know, we had to sit back and say, okay, all you know, honey, is California. All our children know is California. So what will you need to be able to make this move? And I started to question it. The closer we got, the more I was like, are you stupid? Are you an idiot? Is this the wrong move? Look at what you're leaving behind. And then the hard... Most of that was from a financial point, though, I But think. some of it, though, some of it was deeply rooted in me moving my children away from their grandparent and their aunt, which they were pretty tight with, and their cousin. And those are years that you're never going to get back. So you you worry that you're pulling, you know, you're, you're separating these particular relationships. But it, at the point when you come to terms with what is best for our family, you have to line up on, is this safe? Is this healthy? Is this productive? And you start saying, okay, these things are not okay with where we live. So we're either going to move somewhere else in the state or we're going to move to another state. And we came to terms with that. Then you figure out a job and then you figure out living. And so what, if you recall anything, because this is an open discussion, how did you work through those changes what did that look like for you I needed certainty so I made a list of things that I needed to be here before we could proceed and move so Hunter and Kirsten were always top priority and anything any major decision that we make be it buying a house be it a car uh, moving whatever Hunter and Kirsten are always top priority for me because there are things with those two that we don't have to be concerned with for the others but these two are permanent they're not moving out. They're not going out on their own. And these two people have very specific needs 
and dangers that we need to be aware of for them. So I started digging for different autism groups. I started looking for different um, like programs that they have out here. I looked up to make sure that their SSI could transfer over. I made sure, you know, what needs to be done to transfer from one state to another if you've got SSI disability. What needs to be done if I want to, because um, they went from Medi-Cal to Medicare, and how does that process look? Now, guarantee, granted, guaranteed, granted, I did not get all of the right information from there to here because what we didn't realize was some of the people that were talking to us were actually figuring that our kids were teenagers between 3 and 17, which seems to be the the big deal here. Since COVID, a lot of the 18 and up services have changed. They've either become not available, they've gone private party, or there are a lot of hoops that you have to get through if you're not within the school system. Um, but I had to make sure all those things were handled and at least that we had connections on where to go, who to talk to, and how to get the basics handled. We looked into specialist doctors, um, things of that nature. And then we started looking at, um, you know, homes. What we, Quincy and I still struggled with this, even buying this house. We have very different ideas on what we look for in a house. And that was kind of a challenge. Anytime we bought a house, that's always been a challenge. But um, our rental, when we first moved out here, the rental house just seemed to fit exactly what we needed to get us here. Mm -hmm. And um, that's all I needed. But I mean, I think I was so ready to get out of California. I wanted to leave for so long that when the opportunity came and I was able to fill in the gaps that were necessary for Hunter and Kirsten, the, the momentum for me just kind of picked up. And then, of course, my other concern was um, our youngest is an ROTC. And that's, she didn't know she was going to go that route when she first started it her freshman year. But by her set, the end of her sophomore year, this is her, her career choice. This is where she's going. This is what she wants to do. She has a definitive path of what she wants in life. And um, I'm glad I did what I did when we were moving because originally the first school we looked at had an ROTC program, but uh, we couldn't get into that, that school area. They were already maxed out. They couldn't take any more kids. There were some other things that were going on. And when we looked at the area it was in, it was just kind of like, this doesn't feel like what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I continued looking and we found an Air Force ROTC and we found a, a high school that had multiple trade programs that fit for um, the girls. Two of them have very specific ideas. They already know what they want to do and where they want to go. The third one is still, she knows what she wants to do, but um, she's still up in the air on whether or not she wants to just go straight out of high school and start with a job or if she wants to go to college or if she wants to wait and go to college later. So I kind of... I counted her needs, but I counted the other two a little bit higher at the moment because I needed something that fit the programs that they needed. And I checked. I'm one of those parents that goes and I don't just look for the website that tells you the school's an A or a B. I go looking for the comments from the parents because if you were to look at the comments for some of the places we were in California, I guarantee you the parents would tell you 
this is a crap hole, this school, this is what you're going to find here or there. And they wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but the problem was you couldn't find a variation. All the schools had the same kind of stuff. Out here, um, the ones that we looked at, there were very different comments. Like the ones that commented on the ROTC program were very proud of this program, had a lot of good things to say about it. Um, when they talked about the football program, they were mostly upset because they don't win. That hasn't changed yet. It's really odd in Texas, but... Well, I looked at those things, though, because that kind of gives me an idea on if the parents are being honest. And then I kind of know what programs we're dealing with. When we got here, um, my biggest stress was getting the house ready to move because we I, I had to go in and break it down by room. We packed up one room at a time, and we did one room like repairs at a time. It took us, what, six months, I think. The final stages of it were the last probably 10 weeks. But we started the process, I think, in January of making a list of all the home improvements that needed to be made, big projects that needed to be done, like yard things. Um, if there was any major fixes that had to happen before we could put the house on the market, I handled those things in small chunks. Quincy and I would sit down and we would say, okay, we get one of those big post-it things on the wall and we would say, here's a list of all the things that need to be done, which at, at first glance for me is overwhelming in a massive crater hole instead of a speed bump and it's a lot to take in. But then we went through the, the list a second time and we marked, okay, these are absolutes that have to happen and they have to happen within X amount of time. These are absolutes that have to happen, but they don't need to have to happen for at least another three months. So it helped me to break things down into smaller chunks, so to say. You know, and in a way we kind of, to use your work term, we 5S'd everything. What was the easiest way to take the least amount of steps to get things done and get it done in a manner where it didn't disrupt my daily stuff enough to cause total chaos, but it still allowed me to feel like I was getting things accomplished because it was a lot to do and it felt like I wasn't even making a dent most of the time. Um, other things that were important to me that we dealt with was Quincy and I made a deal from the very beginning when we made the decision that we were going to um, move was we decided that I came to Quincy and said, I'm going to get anxious. I'm, I'm going to get nervous about these things. I know how I respond to things as they become overwhelming or we get closer to the end. When it came to selling the house, Buying a house, moving expenses, all the financial logistics stuff. I asked Quincy to take that over. Give me the list of the things that need to be done in the home and let me handle the home and you handle all these things because if I have to deal with numbers, we're both screwed. I think I also kind of put that out there as well because for me, the it's whole packing. <laughs> no, that this is aside from the money. I should have said shifting gears on what I asked is that, you know, for me, I can I can lift heavy boxes. I can move stuff. Mm -hmm. I can help plan. I can help set things up. 
But as far as packing, I don't know what it is. It's like hard to overwhelm me, but packing does that. I don't know where to start and what yeah. to do. And so that was part of my request, which is, here's the things I can do. You get a bunch of boxes, and I'll get them put in the right spot. See, I'm good up to about 75%. And then it said when we got to the last 25, I called in the big guns and said, Melissa, come help. <laughs> because at that point, it's like there are so many small things that needed to be done to finish. I couldn't make a decision on anything. I didn't know where to start. It, I don't know why that is, but I knew that was my breaking point, and I had already planned ahead to call her in to help me because she just ran through and was like, okay, you're doing this room, I'm doing this room, and then we'll meet together in uh, in an hour. And that's that's just how we, we broke things up. But we had to have a very honest, open heart-to-heart and say, I give you permission because I know I'm going to be getting anxious. I know I'm going to get frustrated. I don't want to snap at the kids. I give you permission to call me out on my crap. We also had the conversation of, I reserve the right to break down at any moment (laughs) and I reserve my spot. (laughs) But I think that was the, the biggest part for us was, I mean, even when we had moments where you were having doubts, it was like, okay, but I had permission to question and kind of put into perspective things that were going on because we had agreed in the beginning, if, if at any point we are not on the same page with this, if something happens and it just feels like something is not right and we are not both in, in total agreement, this doesn't happen. We can pull out at any time. Well, to a degree, there's a point of no return. And when you get to the point of no return, you have to move forward. But, you know, if we're in Texas... The house is sold, and now it's like, oh, I want the house. I mean, you've got yeah. you, you've got to decide where the point of no return is, because it's good. It's a theory up until a point, until you start cutting services, and you accept a position for another job, and your all of your things are well, on the way I'm saying. to we, Texas. We had a mark of yes, you know, if by this point. If something comes up by this point, then we're we're going to kind of pull back and see if this is really what, what we're supposed to be doing. But we didn't really get that check. I mean, things clicked pretty easily to get us here. Um, but then when we got here, the next negotiation was we thought, given your area and, and what your job was, that you were only going to be gone like one or two days a week overnight in the beginning that's not how it went and you know the kids and I kind of made the adjustment really it's okay it's a new territory he's got to go meet people he's going to be gone a little bit more in the beginning that beginning took probably about five months of a lot more time away than what we anticipated and that that kind of put us in a position where we had to have another hard conversation because this is, this is, you're gone a lot. This is getting hard. Hunter's not adjusting well. Things were going on. And, um, you know, you made adjustments to your schedule. You, you just, you met what we needed. But it was still a hard talk because this is your job. It's not like you can just walk in and be like, well, I'm not going to go see these people because I don't want to. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not. And, you know, I still... 
from time to time, I still have to have extended travel, which is, is a challenge. But, but we know ahead of time now and we discuss it. So there's, we've learned rather than, because when we first got here, you didn't know. And when we first got here, it was like making appointments and getting to know people and going to meet people and having to hook up with this person so they could introduce you to these people. <laughs> and you were kind of on their time because they were the ones that were getting you what you needed to get your job going. But now that we're here and you've had some time to kind of figure out what the seasons are in your job, I guess that's the word to use. I'm, I'm nowhere close to where I need to be, but I am getting more, I am gaining more of an understanding and I'm being more proactive about the times and seasons to learn from the experts that are there. Let, let me say this real quick. It's great to have a plan. You must check in on that plan. You must schedule check-ins at certain times for that plan to see how things are going. And call audibles often if needed. You must also know that it's great to have a plan. And when you show up in the new place, because you have a plan does not mean that's the way everything's going to go. <laughs> so it's understanding that you may have to have some additional flexibilities because we got here and we, and we had, it was the worst time we have had with Hunter, period. Mm -hmm. And Kirsten just got, became a nightmare. But Hunter was really the most difficult. And so we were reaching out to try to find out about services because we had both kind of come to the end of our rope. Like, how are we going to live like this? And the services are just not here like we anticipated not in our be. area they're in other areas of texas Fair. but they're not in our area they're not here where we are and the structure is much different and we couldn't for six months we couldn't find the right person to just tell us what to do tell us how to do this tell us how to get this started not just from a financial help us financially situation but from a behavioral support situation. Well, and the people that we called prior to moving, what they neglected to tell us was that the wait list wasn't six months to a year. Because originally we had anticipated if it's six months to a year, we can handle six months to a year. No, the wait list can be anywhere from three to five years because there is a backlog from pandemic and stuff. So that, that came unexpected. So what's important is that once you, you understand when you get to the new place, there's going to be a plan. And look, everybody everybody doesn't have as many nuances as we do. But when you get to the new place and you start to exercise your plan and things begin to change, you must remain strong that you are on the same team with your spouse. You must remain strong that you're on the same team. This is home team with your children. Because you're now you're in a new place. There are no fixed routines. The, the only thing that was certain for us is that we were all together and I still worked for the same company. But that doesn't mean there was a ton of certainty. I mean, I moved to a state I'm unfamiliar with and I work in four states I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with. So people that I've never met in my life I work with. Well, so, and 
just to kind of backtrack that, you need to make sure too that there is a plan, but you both better have the same plan. Yeah. Because I I had it in my head that, you know, you were going to be home more. We were going to have these things that we had planned for everybody. And then your job was not what I anticipated in the beginning. And so that, that made things a little bit rough too, because we have grown children, adult mm-hmm. children, and they were trying to find jobs and, and do things. And I have kids in school who are doing sports and things. And that was my first year of actually maneuvering six of the eight everywhere they needed to go while taking Hunter and Kirsten in tow everywhere. Because when we were in California, it was to and from school. And that was it. They weren't working jobs. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't doing sport. Anissa had one sport. Um, she did cross country and track when she was in high school, but all of that stuff was right after school. So there was no getting up and getting her there at six 30 in the morning. It was just very, very different when we first got here. There was no summer practice when we were in California. She had a whole summer of practice. I mean, we got here and a week later she started practice at six 30 in the morning. These were all new things that mm-hmm. were not on my original plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, you kind of have to make sure that yes, that we have this original plan of getting here and getting started. But what does that look like to both of you once you get here? And then once we were here after probably a month, I think a month or two, we sat down and said, okay, we need to reevaluate some things. We had check-ins on a regular basis because things were continually changing because it's all brand new. Mm-hmm. We're still doing that. So, Please take our advice and the roadmap that we've given you. Now, another thing I would have done more efficiently as I would have heeded the advice of my cousin Michelle when she was the realtor, her and my cousin Shane, they were the realtors for our house. And they they both told us, Michelle, you know, reiterated it. She's like, sell everything you can. Just sell everything you can. Take only what's necessary and buy new when you get there. And I didn't, I, we did that to a degree, but we did not do that as fully as we could. And we could have, we could have set a priority list. Family heirlooms, boom. This is a keeper. We will pay to move this. And then from there, check it down. Because the, the money, the amount of money I spent on the moving truck if I, I mean, I could have saved probably three quarters of that and that would have bought us all brand new, like a brand new wardrobe. And then we lucked out on furniture, etc. So we could have put the money to the more use, use and we could have brought a lot less clutter with us to Texas. So... If you're considering change, I just ask you to use this as a roadmap. And then, you know, as you go through the process and here, I kind of lined it out because it's interesting how we did this. And I think um, just through talking about it, it's here's the things to do when you're deciding. You know, obviously, you've got to have a plan. You got to make sure that you both agree on the plan. And what does that look like? That looks like let's determine what our needs are. Because they were, Jeannie was getting the boxes checked for her on what the needs were. Those are the mo- most important. Needs are priority 
what you must have. Now, what are the wants? Let's see if we can check those wants out. Now, move on from there. If the needs and the wants are, um, the boxes are checked. What are the, what are the wishes? What do you wish you had? Try to get some, you don't have to have every one of those boxes or any of those boxes checked to start out with. And the next level is what are the oh wows? Are there any oh wows that you can check? And that'll, that will formulate your list on, if, is it time for us, is, the, is this the right decision for us to move? Now, I believe as far as the needs go, um, we don't have those lined out here in front of us to talk to you about them, but I believe the majority of those boxes were checked. You need enough of those boxes checked so that you can proceed to looking at the wants. And the needs you need to, what we did was, if they weren't met, is it something that we could say, this is a not forever, just for now. Mm-hmm. And we could seek out that need further down the line. Is it something that we could possibly sacrifice for a short period of time? Mm-hmm. If it's not, then you need to look where you can find that need. For us, it w- there were very few, but it was just simple, like the services for Hunter and Kirsten. Because we were told it would be six months to a year, it's a need, but it's a not forever. It's, you know, just for now. Could we postpone services and just get them moved and work with them ourselves? That was a yes for us. It was a little bit harder for us when we got here and found out that's not the way it goes. But we've been managing to work through it. You just have to take those and and kind of work through them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And so once you get there, once you've made the decision based on that, that very loose outline... Um, then you go to the planning side, which is you need to line out what it is you're going to do, like a, like a high-level overview. And then you need to prioritize it. Like, you can't do it all at once. So what can you do and still function? What takes the highest priority? And then you take that and you timeline it. And once you have your timeline together, you schedule check-ins. And you do that, you not, you not only do that on the um, deciding factor because you need to check in with your spouse and your family. You need to have these family meetings that I made mandatory for us to check in and say, okay, this is what's happening. Everybody has their say. Let me have it. Where are you at? Because the scary thing to me was understanding what if we get there, something happens, and I change the course of our family's life forever. Um, now I can't tell you what those things might be because I don't know them for sure, but things did change when we got here and, and some of those things will change whether you move or not. So, you know, when we look at, when we looked at it, we got the boxes checked and then we moved on to the next, the planning phase. And then once you get done with the planning phase, you know, lining it out, prioritizing it, timelining it, checking in, then you get to the execution phase. And that's where you roll out the rest of it. And if you need, like if you need help through that, do you have anybody around you that has recently, you know, moved? Anybody in your family that made a big move, like in the history of their family? And I had had a colleague that had moved from California to Idaho and then Arizona. So I checked in. I was like, dude, what, how did this go? How did it work out? 
And he's like, hey, man, let me just tell you, it's probably one of the best things you can do for your family because when you get to a certain point, it's just you guys, and you you get closer together. And I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the older kids, you know, that want to exercise, you know, their freedom and their, you know, their life and make their choices, we may not be as close. Um, but they're there's a point where they need to go out and they need to test their own metal. As far as the younger group goes, definitely feel like, you know, that the invitation is open for everybody, for us all to get closer. But you know, if you're an adult and now you're married, you know there's a time in your life where you had to go out and figure some things out on your own. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is what it is. But I think for the most part, I do think we have come We've come together. Now, things we thought the cost of living was going to be so much like wildly cheaper in Texas than it was in California because the gas was a third of the price. But that, <laughs> but that was uh, that was only part of the story. But there are only so many things you can prepare for. That's why you have to go into this understanding. You need to be flexible. You need to be prepared. Um, once reality punches you in the mouth. And you get there and you understand what, because it's like this. I'll explain it like this. There's a big difference in the you and the vision you have when you're going to buy a house. And when you look at the house, then the you that has bought the house and now you show up and you start to see some of those imperfections you didn't see when you were buying it. Hmm. Because, because you're very emotional when you're going to look at a house. It's like, oh, look at all the great things. Look at the great, the great, the great. And then after you buy the house, you get there, and it's like, oh, crap, I didn't see that. Oh, shoot, what what was that? So there may be signs like this as you're deciding to move that may be flags that need to be addressed, not necessarily to stop, but that need to be addressed. So understand that you need to have grace for your spouse. You need to have grace for your family. You need to be flexible. Use the philosophy that I learned a long time ago, thanks to my buddy Manny, which is this, and it it wasn't his genesis, but everybody has a plan to fight Mike Tyson until they get punched in the mouth, and then your plan has to change. And that's what life can do to you. It can punch you squarely in the mouth. So you can prepare as much as possible, but you need to be able to come together and adapt as a family and find a way forward. And that is, I think it's a great... I mean, this is that time of year when people are deciding, what are we going to do? What are, there's a mass ex- exodus in America from several states because the, the lunacy is just blooming, and it continues to grow in some of these states where it's crazy things are happening. So maybe you're in a state or maybe you're in a country where it's like, okay, this no longer makes sense. What does make sense for us now in our family? And how do we size this move up? And can we execute it? Or do we need an additional time or resource in order to make that happen? And so you kind of have our outline, what our thought process is now. And if you have any other questions, it's Quincy, which is Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. I think this was a, a, a great episode because I never really thought, I mean, I thought about it during the process. I was working and everything else, but it's like, okay, this is what we're going to need to do to make sure this happens. Um, but it's great to see it articulated. I'm sure if we wanted to, we could put 
a tremendous amount of detail in there of step by steps, but we didn't get everything perfect. We didn't get everything perfect. You know, here we were absolutely blessed that the first school didn't work out. And the last school near the last house was like, well, let me check this school out. And lo and behold, they had an ROTC program and it was the Air Force. And now, now the, the leadership of that ROTC program is invaluable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, I, we could not have paid to get two leaders in that program better than we have now. And so we're very, very, very fortunate. Great coaching there. There's some, there's some definitely some great teachers. Um, but public school is kind of public school no matter where you go, um, which can be unfortunate. But that's why you build the right, that's why you do the work to build the work ethic and the um, family values into your children um, that you think are best to best help them succeed in life. And with that, is there anything else you want to add to this change? No, I think we've got it. Okay. Well, she's Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. And this is Man Versus Marriage, the podcast.